Thank you, Heavenly Father, for today's reading, Lord. We ask you, Lord God, that you give us strength to use, strength to use, Lord God, to use your work and do your, your, your bidding, Lord. Give us ears to hear today, January the 23rd, to read your scriptures, Lord, and to enjoy our calling. Help us, Lord. In the light of you, Lord, we thank you for giving us eyes to see and ears to hear. Amen. January 23. I need a pen. Reading of your word. Okay, here you go, honey. It's a pen. Okay. Genesis 46.1. To 47:31. So Jacob set out for Egypt with all his possessions, and when he came to Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. During the night, God spoke to him in a vision. Jacob, Jacob, he called. Here I am, Jacob replied. I am God, the God of your father. The voice said. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make your family into a great nation. <clears throat> I will go with you down to Egypt, and I will bring you back again. You will die in Egypt, but Joseph will be with you to close your eyes. So Jacob left Beersheba, and his sons took him to Egypt. They carried him and their little ones and their wives in the wagons Pharaoh had provided for them. They also took all their livestock and all their personal belongings they had acquired in the land of Canaan. So Jacob and his entire family went to Egypt, sons and grandsons, daughters and granddaughters, all his descendants. These are the names of the descendants of Israel, descendants of Israel, the sons of Jacob who went to Egypt. Reuben was Jacob's oldest son. The sons of Reuben were Hanak, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. The sons of Simeon were Jumel, Jamin, Ohat, Jakin, Zohar, and Shaul. Shaul's mother was a Canaanite woman. The sons of Levi were Gershon, Kohat, and Merari. The sons of Judah were Ur, Onan, Shelah, Perez, and Zerah, though Ur and Onan had died in the land of Canaan. The sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamu. The sons of Ishakar were Tola, Pua, Jashub, Jashaba, and Shimron. The sons of Zebulun were Zerib, Elon, and Jaleel. These were the sons of Leah and Jacob, who was born in Padanaram, in addition to their daughter Dinah. The number of Jacob's descendants, male and female, through Leah, were thirty-five. Three. The sons of Gad were Sephan, Hagi, Shuni, Esvan, Ezri, Oradai, and Adeli. The sons of Asher were Imna, Ishva, Ishvi, and Beriah. Their sisters were Zerah. Beriah's sons were Heber and Malkiel. 
These were the sons of Zilpah, the servant given to Leah by her father Laban. The number of Jacob's descendants through Zippah was sixteen. The sons of Jacob's wife, Rachel, were Joseph and Benjamin. Joseph's sons, born in the land of Egypt, were Manesh and Ephraim. Their mother was Asenath, daughter of Potiphar, the priest of On. Benjamin's sons were Bila, Becher, Ashbel, Gerah, Naaman, Ehi, Rosh, Muping, Huping, and Ard. These were the sons of Rachel and Jacob. The number of Jacob's descendants through Rachel was fourteen. The sons of Dan were Hushim, who Hushim. The sons of Naphtali were Jah, Zeal, Guni, Jezer, and Shilliam. These were the sons of Bilhah, the servant given to Rachel by her father Laban. The number of Jacob's descendants through Bilhah were seven. The total number of Jacob's direct descendants who went with him to Egypt, not counting his sons' wives, was sixty-six. In addition, Joseph had two sons who were born in Egypt, so altogether there were seventy members of Jacob's family in the land of Egypt. As they neared their destination, Jacob sent Judah ahead to meet Joseph and get directions to the region of Goshen. And when they finally arrived there, Joseph prepared his chariots and traveled to Goshen to meet his father, Jacob. When Joseph arrived, he embraced his father and wept, holding him for a long time. Finally, Jacob said to Joseph, Now I am ready I am ready to die since I have seen your face again and I know you're still alive. And Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's entire family, I will go to Pharaoh and tell him, My brothers and my sister's entire family have come to me from the land of Canaan. These men are shepherds and they raise livestock. They have brought with them their flocks and herds and everything they own. Then he said, When Pharaoh calls for you and asks you about your occupation, you must tell him, We, your servants, have raised livestock all of our lives, as our ancestors have always done. When you tell him this, he will let you live here in the region of Goshen for the Egyptians, despite shepherds. Then Joseph went to see Pharaoh and told him, My father and my brothers have arrived from the land of Canaan. They have come with all their flocks and herds and possessions, and they are now in the region of Goshen. Joseph took five of his brothers with him and presented them to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh asked the brothers, What is your name? What is your occupation? They replied, We, your servants, are shepherds, just like our ancestors. We have come to live here in Egypt for a while, for there is no pasture for our flocks in Canaan. The famine is very severe there, so please we request permission to live in the region of Goshen. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Now that your father and brothers have joined you here, choose any place in the entire land of Egypt for them to live. Give them the best land of Egypt. Let them live in the region of Goshen, and if any of them have special skills, put them in charge of my livestock. Then, 
Then Joseph brought in his father, Jacob, and presented him to Pharaoh, and Jacob pleased Pharaoh. Bless Pharaoh. How old are you? Pharaoh asked him. Jacob replied, I have traveled this earth for a hundred and thirty hard years, but my life has been short compared to the lives of my ancestors. Then Jacob blessed Pharaoh again before leaving his court. So Joseph assigned the best land of Egypt, the region of the Ramses, to his father and his brothers, and he settled them there just as Pharaoh had commanded. And Joseph provided food for his father and his brothers in amounts appropriate to the number of their dependents, including the smallest children. Meanwhile, the famine became so severe that all the food was used up and people were starving throughout the lands of Egypt and Canaan. By selling grain to the people, Joseph eventually collected all the money in Egypt and Canaan, and he put the money in Pharaoh's treasury. When the people of Egypt and Canaan ran out of money, all the Egyptians came to Joseph. Our money's gone, they cried, but please give us food or we'll die before your very eyes. Joseph replied, Since your money is gone, bring me your livestock. I will give you food in exchange for your livestock. So they brought their livestock to Joseph in exchange for their food, in exchange for their horses, flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and donkeys. Joseph provided them with food for another year. But that year ended, and the next year they came again and said, We cannot hide the truth from you, my Lord. Our money is gone, and all our livestock and cattle are yours. We have nothing left to give but our bodies and our land. Why should we die before your very eyes? Buy us and our land in exchange for food. We offer our land and ourselves as slaves for Pharaoh. Just give us grain so we may live and not die. And so the land does not become empty and desolated. So Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. All the Egyptians sold him their field because the famine was so severe and soon all the land belonged to Pharaoh. As for the people, he made them all slaves from one end of Egypt to the other. The only land he did not buy was the land belonging to the priests. They received an allotment of food directly from Pharaoh, so they didn't need to sell their land. Then Joseph said to the people, Look, today I have bought you and your land for Pharaoh. I will provide you with seed so you can plant the fields. Then when you harvest it, one-fifth of your crops will belong to Pharaoh. You may keep the remaining four-fifths as seed for your fields as, and as food for you, your household and your little ones. You have saved our lives, they exclaimed. May it please you, my Lord, let us, you, let us be Pharaoh's servants. Joseph then issued a decree still in effect in the land of Egypt, that Pharaoh should receive one-fifth of all the crops grown in the land. Only the land belonging to the priests was not given to Pharaoh. Meanwhile, the people of Israel settled in the region of Goshen in Egypt, where they acquired property, and they were fruitful, and their population grew rapidly. Jacob lived for 17 years after his arrival in Egypt, so he lived 147 years in all. At this time of his death, drew near, Jacob called for his son Joseph and said to him, Please, 
Do me this favor. Put your hand under my thigh and swear that you will treat me with unfailing love by honoring this last request. Do not bury me in Egypt. When I die, please take my body out of Egypt and bury me with my ancestors. So Joseph promised, I will do as you ask. Swear that you will do it, Jacob insisted. So Joseph gave his oath, and Jacob bowed humbly at the head of his bed. Okay, Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 to 28. Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They asked him, Why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition? For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? For instance, God says, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. But you say it's all right for people to say to their parents, Sorry, I can't help you. For I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you can say they don't need to honor their parents. Oh, and so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is farce, and they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Then Jesus calls to the crowd, called to the crowd to come and hear. Listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You're defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you realize you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? <laughs> Jesus replied, Every plant not planted by my Heavenly Father will be uprooted. So ignore them. They are blind guides leading the blind. And if one blind person guides another, they will both fall into a ditch. Then, Jesus, then Peter said to Jesus, Explain to us the parable that says people aren't defiled by what they eat. Don't you understand yet? Jesus asked. Anything you eat passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. But the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For, for from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile you. Eating with unwashed hands will not never defile you. Uh-oh, I've been telling you to wash your hands. <laughs> then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A gentle woman who lived there came to him, pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. 
But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then the disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She is bothering us with all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, That's true, Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, Your faith is great, your request is granted, and her daughter was instantly healed. Amazing. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 19, verse 1 to 14. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night they make Him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth. and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It burst forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one, of the, one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are warning to your servant a great reward for those who obey them. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Proverbs 4, 14-19 Don't do as the wicked do, and don't follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. For evil people can't sleep until they've done their evil deed for the day. They can rest until they've caused someone to stumble. They eat the food of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full day of light. 
But the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they are stumbling over. Amen. Zip called. I didn't get enough for you yesterday. Oh. All right. Let's read the, today's study. Mm-hmm. It's going to concentrate and zero in on Matthew 15, 26, and 28. The Jewish people commonly call Gentiles dogs because the Jews consider these pagan people no more likely than dogs to receive God's blessing. Jesus was not degrading the one by using this term. He was reflecting the Jewish attitude in order to, to contrast it with his own compassion. The woman did not argue. Instead, using Jesus' choice of words, she agreed to be considered a dog as long as she could receive God's blessings for her daughter. By contrast, when Naaman visited Elijah, he was indignant about washing in the Jordan River. 2 Kings 5, 1-19 Naaman wanted to be honored by Elisha by, for seeking his help, not humili- humiliated. In seeking God's blessings, really a humiliation experience? For both of these individuals, it was but why both sought physical healing from God, but God wanted to instill humility in their hearts too, because He lives among the humble. Humble, Isaiah 57:15. God's presence was a great blessing, even if these two only sought immediate and temporary physical healing. When you find it difficult to see the blessing in obeying God's word or find it humiliating trust that God is working in ways you may not see. Well, okay, it's really interesting that uh, they brought that. Uh, one of the things that I see about the... Uh, is the, this a Seraphonician woman? No, I think it's a different lady. Because um, she was asking for her daughter. Um, I think she was. I think she was certain. But you know, the just very thing is that a heart full of love does not get offended. And this lady was full of love, and she already heard stories and stories about Jesus, and she was already in her mind, you know, if I can get him to heal my daughter, you know. Yeah, because she identified him as Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why God, we do this so we get a heart full of love. Amen. So we don't wear our feelings on our sleeve. Amen. You know? That's right. You know, and we, we got rhinoceros skin, yeah. if I should say, you know, tough skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and understand that people out there, hurting people hurt others. So when people, okay? Yeah, and we, and we read that today in Psalms 19, 8. It says, the commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. So, you're right. May I be so uh, bold as to read it in a different translation? May I? You may be. You may be? <laughs> you may. Don't ask. You're going to do it. <laughs> Maybe. But you're a gentleman to ask. Thank you for... 15. Okay. Oh. Okay, where's the start? 15, or oh, chapter 15, right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read it from the okay. Message Bible first, because it just throws it way out there. Okay. 
After that, the Pharisees and religion scholars came to Jesus all the way from Jerusalem, criticizing, Why do your disciples play fast and loose with the rules? Fast and rules. But Jesus put it right back on them. Why do you use your rules to play fast and loose with God's commands? God clearly says, Respect your father and mother, and anyone denouncing father and mother would be killed. But you weasels around that by saying, Whoever wants to can say to father and mother, What I owe you... To you are given to God. That can't hardly be called a respecting parent. You cancel God's command by your rules. Frauds, Isaiah prophesy of you, hits the sabozai. These people make a big show of saying the right thing, but their heart isn't in it. They act like they're worshiping me, but they don't mean it. They just use me as a cover for teaching whatever suits their fancy. Woo! He then called the crowd together and said, Listen, and take this to heart. It's not what you swallow that pollutes your life, but what you vomit up. Later his disciples came and told him, Did you know how upset the Pharisees were when they heard what you said? <laughs> Jesus shrugged it off. Every tree that wasn't planted by my Father in heaven will be pulled up by its roots. Forget them. There are blind men leading the blind when a blind man leads a blind man they both end up in the ditch peter said i don't get it put it in plain language jesus replied you too are you being willfully stupid don't you know that anything that is swallowed works its way through the intention and is finally defecated but what comes out of the mouth gets a start in the heart it's from the heart that we vomit up evil arguments, murders, adulterous fornications, death, lies, and cussing. That's what pollutes. Eating or not eating certain foods, washing and not washing your hands, that's neither here nor there. From there, Jesus took a trip to Tyre and Sidon. They had hardly arrived when a Canaanite woman came down from the hills and pleaded, Mercy, mercy, Master, Son of David, my daughter is cru cruelly afflicted by an evil spirit. Jesus ignored her. The disciples came and complained, Now she's bothering us. Would you please take care of her? She's driving us crazy. Jesus refused, telling them, I got my hands full dealing with the lost sheep of Israel. Then the woman came back to Jesus, went to her knees, and begged, Master, help me. He said, It's not right to take bread out of children's mouth and throw it to dogs. She's, she was quick. You're right, Master, but beggar dogs do get scraps from the Master's table. Jesus gave in, O oh, woman, your faith is something else. What do you want? What you want is what you get. Right then and there, her daughter became well. After Jesus returned, he walked along Lake Galilee and then climbed a mountain. Okay, that's enough right there. Um, I remember what I wanted to say about the lady is that uh, she had, well, love and faith. It's the same thing mm -hmm. over again. You know, she had a... Mm -hmm. uh, she I get, had great faith. Remember, it's the two people. It's the centurion and her that Jesus said he is not. You know, these are the two people that Jesus called out as having great faith. Mm -hmm. um, so, and they're both Gentiles. So, um, your request is granted. Okay, one more, one more translation, and we'll be done. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to the easy to read version if it's okay with you 
Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus. They came from Jerusalem and asked him, Why do your followers not obey the traditions we have from our great leaders who lived long ago? You follow don't, followers don't wash your hands before they eat. Jesus answered, Why do you refuse to obey God's commands so that you can follow those traditions you have? God said you must respect your father and mother. And God also said whoever says anything bad to their father or mother must be killed. But you teach that a person can say to their father or mother, I have something I could use to help you, but I will not use it for you. I will give it to God. You are teaching them not to respect their father, so you are teaching that it is not important to do what God said. You think it is more important to follow those traditions you have? You are hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he spoke for God about you. These people honor me with their words, but I am not really important to them. Their worship of me is worthless. The things they teach are only human rules, Isaiah 29:13. Jesus called the people to him. He said, listen and understand what I'm saying. It is not what people put in their mouth that makes them wrong. It is what comes out of their mouth that makes them wrong. Then the followers came to Jesus and asked, Do you know that the Pharisees are upset about what you said? Jesus answered, Every plant that my Father in heaven has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Stay away from the Pharisees. They lead the people, but they are like blind men leading another blind. And if a blind man leads another one, they will both fall into a ditch. Peter said, Explain us what you said earlier to the people. Jesus said, Do you still have trouble understanding? Surely you know that all the food that enters the mouth goes into the stomach, then it goes out of the body. But the bad things people say with their mouth come, comes from the way they think. And that's what can make a people wrong, the way they think. All these bad things begin in the mind. Evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual sins, stealing, lying, and insulting people. These are the things that make people wrong. Eating without washing hands will, will make people... It's beautiful, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad I read it in both translations. One of them said, uh, um, you know, the way you think. The other one says, from the heart comes out the, the evil things. Um, you know, so we say a saying, you know, it's the first thought could be your enemy. So you have to run it through. Mm. You, got, you have to talk to your thought. I said, yeah. thank you, thought, mm. for yeah. wanting me to uh, yeah. flatten my uh-huh. neighbor's uh, tires in his car. Yeah. What would God do? Or what would Jesus do? Remember that thing, what would Jesus yeah. do with the bracelets? So you can stop oh, yeah. and, and check your thinking against the, your memory of the scriptures. Yeah, because that's really important. Um, see, the more you meditate on those type of thoughts that aren't good against the word of God, what you're doing is giving power to it to be planted in, deep into your heart. Mm-hmm. So that is, it kind of goes, I think, hand in hand. Because it says when you you have the wrong thoughts, you believe the wrong things, right? Amen. You believe right, you live right. Um, So the transformation of your mind, the cleansing of your mind, think on these things, things that are good, pleasant. You know, there's another side of this coin against these evil things, fornication to adultery, theft. Fornication would be God's law. Adulteries would be God's, you know, commandments. A murder would be God's commandment. Evil argument, no gossiping, right? Right. Lies, deaths, 
Also, these are covered in the Ten Commandments, where Jesus came to give us power or a willingness to be able to fulfill these things, you know, to be able to, to make a change. And an anointing is that are not a problem anymore. You know, we're, we're, are, you know, we're cleansed by the Word because the Word has, uh, has actually uprooted these, these mm-hmm, words, mm-hmm. uprooted these yeah. hurts, mm-hmm. the Word of God, mm-hmm. and has given us, given us an embalming anointment to, yeah. uh, to, to respond the way Jesus' hearts were. Jesus had cultivated his heart that none of these things were in his heart. Yeah, you know, I, I like that the way he, in the beginning, he says, and why do you, because he responds back to him in a very harsh harsh way, or authoritative way, or whatever you want to say, um, with authority about, and oh, why yeah. do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? Okay, mm-hmm. so one of them he's using is a great example. Honor your father and your mother. If you speak disrespectfully to them, uh, it says you must be put to death. But you say it's all right for people to say to their parents, Sorry, I can't help you. For I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, they... They say, you say they don't need to honor their parents. And so you counsel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. And you know what? One thing I noticed about Jesus, he always uses the book, the prophet Isaiah, to say it's exactly what the prophet Isaiah prophesied, that you're going to be hard of heart, so that you will have, you know, you'll hear, but you won't listen, you won't understand, and, and so forth. But this is, you know, basically say, you honor me with your lips, but they're... Their hearts are far from me. Their worship is far as for the teach man-made ideas and commands from God. So, um, interesting. Hey, man, um, I really enjoy, um, you know, the Pharisees grew up respect, I mean, the, the disciples grew up giving um, respect to the Pharisees. And, you know, when the, Jesus said you offended him, you know, I guess this must have been the beginning of their walk. Mm-hmm. But Jesus said, you know, don't listen to them. You know, they're... Yeah, uh, he sure did. You know, they're, they're, they put... And I like the way the other translation said, you know, you put human rules on top of... Um, mm-hmm. Traditions. Tradition, you know, human rules, human things. And, uh, you know, and, and the Bible says, curses every man that puts confidence the in the flesh. Uh-huh. Mm. You know, and right there and then, they put confidence in their own little human rules, so they were cursed. Yeah, but even Paul says, if you teach another gospel, let them be accursed, right? Mm-hmm. If, so even for a, a leader or a preacher that's at the pulpit, you know, if you're teaching another gospel... Let them be accursed for not teaching the correct gospel. Um, you know, I like the way he, when he talks about it, it says, uh, listen, he said, try to understand, it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You're defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Proverbs, you know, Proverbs 18, I think it's 18, 21. Um, you know, life and death are in the power of the tongue. It's 13 or 18, I don't remember at the moment. Um, and then those who, who speak them will eat the fruit of them. 
So, you know, we really do, our mouth is a, is very power, the tongue is very powerful as it says in the book of James, you know, that you can light a fire um, with the words that we speak. Um, so very important to speak life at all times. Um, you know, because we'll have what we say in Mark chapter 11, 22 to 26, or something like that. Mm. I like when it says, there are blind guides leading the blind, and if one blind person guides another, they will both fall into a ditch. I guess people are reading the Bible because people use that term a lot. It's the blind mm -hmm. leading the blind, you know. <laughs> There's certain things people latch onto from the Bible, and I, you know, I didn't realize that was in there. Amen. Yeah, and then the other scripture that comes to mind, I, I, I think it's in, I don't know, Proverbs or uh, the abundance of the mouth. The heart speaks. I think, or maybe it's even this scripture here. So it's what's in our heart comes out. Will come out eventually. Amen. Amen. What do you think about um, the? best of the land for the Goshen, for the mm -hmm. Israel. You know, one thing about when the, he's, he made sure that you take my body out and you bury it with my ancestors. I like the way yeah. Jacob said that, you know, I'm 130 years and uh, my ancestors lived a long, long time more than I did. Yeah. You know, what an, what an incredible uh, inheritance. Uh -huh. uh, but he knew when he was going to be woken up from his body, he needed to be among his other buddies, his yeah. other relatives, so they can all walk together. He didn't want to walk from Egypt all the way back when he woke up. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting how even in today's times, and, and people want to be buried near the family members. Um, Amen. Well, one thing I... I noticed is that you know it's in it's a number 20 here it's at 4720 it said and this was after the people had given all their money for the grain um, they began to give them their livestock they, everything had been you know used up for the so they could stay alive during this famine but the people said, buy us and our land in exchange for food. We offer our land and ourselves as slaves for Pharaoh. Just give us grain so we may live and not die. And so the land does not become empty and desolate. But as I read I, further, I thought that Joseph, you know, he was in charge. So I was in my mind thinking, well, look what they did to themselves. They sold themselves as slaves, right, to stay alive. You know, yeah, and then we have a lot of slaves that built the pyramids and so forth, and the engineers, you know, probably Joseph very easily got his brothers 
into positions to work inside the palace, probably to help them administrate, you know, the building of the, uh, we, we don't know a lot about the pyramids, but or designing of pyramids. Maybe that's when they got into uh, financing and, and other things, but uh, it's interesting to see that they had livestock, goats and sheep, and you know, if I was starving, I would have ate those too, but the only thing that comes to reason is that uh, those animals were about to die anyway. They were going to do them any good because there was no food for them. The grain that they were getting was grain for them too, for the animals to stay alive. So they were keeping their livestock alive with the grain that Joseph was giving them. He was giving them enough grain for keep everybody. Um, yeah, but, you know, I'm, after I read this, I had a little different perspective. It says, Then Joseph said to the people, Look, today I have bought you and your land for Pharaoh. Okay, I will provide you with seed so you can... I think the famine was over by then. Plant the fields. Then when you harvest it, one-fifth of the crop will belong to Pharaoh. You may keep the remaining four-fifths as seed. That's like almost like a tenth of that, right? The tithe again, kind of? 20%. One-fifth is 20%? It says one-fifth and you keep four-fifths. As seed for your fields and as food for you, your households, and your little ones. So, um... I'm just, um... But then it, later on in number 27 says, Meanwhile, the people of Israel settled in the region of Goshen in Egypt. There they acquired property, and they were fruitful, and their population grew rapidly. Okay. Um, okay. So I remember it was Pharaoh that said there's too many of them now, right? They might overtake us, and that's how they went into oh, the that's, that's 400 years later. Okay. Well, 300 years later. Well, I'm, I'm trying to understand. So they were really bought as slaves, but they weren't really... Right at this point, there are other regular people, and it was probably people. Remember, they were they were uh, Egypt is in Africa too. You know, it's uh -huh. in the in the top of Africa, uh -huh. and they probably had a lot of people from Ethiopia, other nations, other countries, you know, living there for survival. You know, it was. Um, what I'm saying is that I don't hear. It feels like. They were slaves, but they weren't really slaves because they were given the, the grain. No, at that point, they weren't slaves. Right now, they were considered, you know, that's why I said that they probably went into uh, into government work mm -hmm. <laughs> with Joseph. Joseph was in government work, just like uh, our president they is. They had property. They were fruitful. I mean, yeah, and they, had, they probably had plenty of water, and plus they were anointed of God to plant and to harvest, yeah. and that there was food there. But the other, the other people, uh, God did it for a purpose, you know, yeah. to get them completely uh, down to almost nothing. You know, I see that they, they didn't have seed to plant for the next year mm -hmm. because they were, the sun did not let any anything grow. It was just so hard, whatever it was, the severe famine. We haven't seen anything like that around here. Uh, Thank you, God. You know that uh, you know it must have been a shift in the in the in the in the earth or something of the of the plates moving around or something that caused the uh, the soil of the earth. You know the sun to stay you know to 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 burn in that area. Anyway, um, may the blessings of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Thank you for a wonderful study.
And I enjoy my word, God. May I speak correctly today, all through the day. Wonderful Father, our Father, hallowed be thy name. Your words, Lord, we praise you, we worship you, we give you thanksgiving and praise. Thank you, Lord God, for blessing us, Lord, so much, Lord, endowing us with gifts, with your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, and with the gift of salvation, eternal life, Lord. We thank you for our blessings, and we thank you, Lord God, that you love us, and you've given us your love. We love you back. We thank you for today's reading, January the 22nd. Amen. Anna? Would you please get us started? Yeah, please. Okay. Um, today's the 22nd? Yeah. Okay. Genesis 44, 1 to 45, 28. When his brothers were ready to leave, Joseph gave these instructions to his palace manager. Fill each of their sacks with as much grain as they can carry and put each man's money back into his sack. <clears throat> Then, put my personal silver cup at the top of the youngest brother's sack along <coughs> with the money for his grain. So the manager did as Joseph instructed him. The brothers were up at dawn and were sent on their journey with their loaded donkeys. But when they had gone only a short distance and were barely out of the city, Joseph said to his palace manager, Chase after them and stop them. When you catch up with them, ask them, Why have you repaid my kindness with such evil? Why have you stolen my master's silver cup? When he uses to predict, which he uses to predict the future. What a wicked thing you have done. <coughs> when the palace manager caught up with the men, he spoke to them as he had been instructed. What are you talking about? The brothers responded. We are your servants and would never do such a thing. Didn't we return the money we found in our sacks? We brought it all the way back from the land of Canaan. Why would we steal silver or gold from your master's house? If you find this, his cup with any one of us, let that man die and all the rest of us, my Lord, will be your slaves. That's fair, the man replied, but only the one who stole the cup will be my slave. The rest of you may go free. They all quickly took their sacks from the backs of their donkeys and opened them. The palace manager searched the brothers' sacks from the oldest to the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. When the brothers saw this, they tore their clothing in despair. Then they loaded their donkeys again and returned to the city. Joseph was still in his palace when Judah and his brothers arrived. And they fell to the ground before him. What have you done? Joseph demanded. Don't you know that a man like me can predict the future? Judah answered, Oh, my Lord, what can we say to you? How can we explain this? How can we prove our innocence? God is punishing us for our sins. My Lord, we have all returned to be your slaves, all of us, not just our brother who has had your cup in his sack. <coughs> No, Joseph said, I would never do such a thing. Only the man who stole the cup will be my slave. The rest of you may go back to your father in peace. 
Then Judah stepped forward and said, Please, my lord, let your servant say just one word to you. Please do not be angry with me, even though you are as powerful as Pharaoh himself. My lord, previously you asked us, your servants, Do you have a father or a brother? And we responded, Yes, my lord, we have a father who is an old man, and his youngest son is a child of his old age. His full brother is dead, and he alone is left on our mother's children, and his father loves him very much. And you said to us, Bring him here so I can see him with my own eyes. But we said to you, My lord, the boy cannot leave his father, for his father would die. But you told us, Unless your younger brother comes with you, you will never see my face again. So we return to you, your servant, our father. We returned to your servant, our father, and told him what you had said. Later, when he said, Go back again and buy us more food, we replied, We can't go unless you let our youngest brother go with us. We'll never get to see the man's face unless our younger brother, youngest brother is with us. Then my father said to us, As you know, my wife had two sons, and one of them went away and never returned. Doubtless he was torn in pieces by some wild an animal. I have never seen him since. Now if you take his brother away from me and any harm comes to him, you will send this grieving white-haired man to his grave. And now, my lord, I cannot go back to my father without the boy. Our father's life is bound up in the boy's life. If he sees that the boy is not with us, our father will die. We, your servants, will indeed be responsible for sending that grieving <coughs> white-haired man to his grave. My lord, I guarantee to my father that I would take care of the boy. I told him if I don't bring him back to you, I will bear the blame forever. So please, my lord, let me stay here as a slave instead of the boy, and let the boy return with his brothers. For how can I return to my father if the boy is not with me? I couldn't bear to see the anguish this would cause my father. <clears throat> Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, Out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers. <coughs> When, they, he, when they, he told them who he was, then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly that the G Egyptians could hear him, and word of it quickly carried to the Pharaoh's palace. <clears throat> I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer, and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset, and don't be angry with yourself for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years. And there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to prepare many survivors, preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and tell him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master over all the land of Egypt. 
should come down to me immediately. You can live in the region of Goshen, where you can be near me with all your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and everything you own. I will take care of you there, for there are still five years of famine ahead of us. Otherwise you, your household, and all your animals will starve. Then Joseph added, Look, you can see for yourself, and so can my brother Benjamin, that I, I am really Joseph. Go tell my father of my honored position here in Egypt. Describe for him everything you have seen, and then bring my father here quickly. Weeping with joy, he embraced Benjamin, and Benjamin did the same. Then Joseph kissed each of his brothers and wept over them, and after they had begun talking, they began talking freely with him. As, and the news soon reached Pharaoh's palace. Joseph's brothers had arrived. Pharaoh and his officials were all delighted to hear this. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Tell your brothers this is what you must do. Load your pack animals and hurry back to the land of Canaan. Then get your father and all your families and return here to me. I will give you the very best land in Egypt and you will eat from the best that the land produces. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Tell your brothers, take wagons from the land of Egypt to carry your little children and your wives and bring your father here. Don't worry about your personal belongings for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. So the sons of Jacob did as they were told. Joseph provided them with wagons as Pharaoh had commanded and he gave them supplies for the journey. And he gave each of them new clothes. But to Benjamin he gave five changes of clothes and three hundred pieces of silver. He also sent his father ten male donkeys loaded with the finest products of Egypt and ten female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other supplies he would need on his journey. So Joseph sent his brothers off, and as they left, he called after them, Don't quarrel about all this along the way. And they left Egypt and returned to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. Joseph is still alive, they told him, and he is governor of all the land of Egypt. Jacob was stunned at the news. He couldn't believe it. But when they repeated to Jacob everything Joseph had told them, and when he saw the wagons Joseph had sent to carry him, their father's spirit revived. Then, jo Joseph, then Jacob exclaimed, It must be true. My son Joseph is alive. I must go to, to him before I die. Amen. Matthew chapter 14, verse 11, or uh, 14, 13 to 36. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowd heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, That isn't necessary. You feed them. 
But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass, and Jesus took five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the bread, breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples, who distributed it to the people. They ate, they all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward the disciples picked up twelve baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. While he sent the people home, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land, from land for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards, the, towards them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In fear, they cried, It's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. After they had crossed the lake, they landed at uh, Gensaret. When, when the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area, and soon people were bringing all of their sick to be healed. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were healed. <laughs> Praise God for his sure salvation. He is the rock of of your strength and every victory. Psalms 18:37-50. I chased my enemies and caught them. I did not stop until they were conquered. I struck them down so they could not get up. They fell beneath my feet. You have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued my enemies under my feet. You placed my foot on their necks. I have destroyed all who hate me. They called for help, but no one came for, to their rescue. They even cried to the Lord, but he refused to answer. I grounded them as fine as dust in the wind. I swept them into the gutter like dirt. You gave me victory over my accusers. You appointed me ruler over nations. People I don't even know now serve me. As soon as they heard of me, they submitted. Foreign nations cringed before me. They all lose their courage and come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives, praise to my rock. 
May the God of my salvation be exalted. He is the God who pays back those who harm me. He subdues the nations under me and rescues me from my enemies. You hold me safe beyond the reach of my enemies. You save me from violent opponents. For this, O Lord, I will praise you among the nations. I will sing praises to your name. You give great victories to your king. You show unfailing love to your anointed, to David and all his descendants forever. Proverbs 4, 11 and 13. I will, tell, I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in straight paths. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Take hold of my instruction. Don't let them go. Guard them, and for they are the key to your life. Amen. Amen. Woohoo! Um, let's go ahead. The New Testament first. It says uh, the today's teaching on Matthew says Peter was not testing Jesus. He was the only one in the boat to respond in faith. His request led him to experience God's power to an amazing way. He stepped over the side of the boat. Although we start out with good intentions, sometimes our faith falters. Peter started out to sink before he took his eyes off Jesus and focused on the waves collapsing around him. His faith wavered when he realized how precarious it all seemed. This doesn't necessarily mean Peter failed, though. When Peter faltered, he tried, he cried out to Jesus, the only one who could help him. Yes. He was afraid, but he hadn't stopped believing that Jesus could save him. Amen. Good point. We probably will not walk on water, but we will walk through tough situations. When, when your own faith falters, make God the first one you cry out to. Yes. It is by His power that you have come this far. Yeah. And his power will make up for whatever strength you have. You like. Amen. Amen. Good point. Yeah. Um, I like it right here where he said, um, where the, he prayed. He says, he looked up to heaven and blessed the five fish, the five loaves and two fishes. Mm. And uh, something dawned on me. You know, when I took, when I didn't have money for the AA meeting, and I, and I always take $5, at that time I only had a one shiny penny. Actually, I didn't have time to stop at the bank and get money out. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I blessed the copper penny. I kind of put a, a, uh, I spoke to it. I said, Lord, take this penny and bless it for this meeting that it will uh, amplify it a thousand times. I said a thousand times. I said it to the penny, and I and I released faith when I spoke to the penny. Now, God blessed Jesus. Blessed them. He blessed the love. It's kind of like a similar thing. Now, when I dropped that penny in the basket, as soon as I dropped it, the guy handed me a. Uh, the secretary in the meeting gave me an envelope, written on it for your gas, and they had two five dollar bills. If you will multiply a penny by a thousand, it's ten dollars. It's ten. It's it's right. A thousand pennies. Yeah. A is pennies ten pennies is a dollar. So yeah. A thousand pennies is a do, is a dollar. I mean, yeah. it's ten dollars. Yeah. So, in a way, 
you know, we can take, uh, I have heard ministers say that they blessed one dollar and they gave it away and it worked. It got, they got back provisions when they were broke. By blessing it and giving thanks for it to the Father for something good. Amen. Uh, it multiplies. Mm. So, you know, and we're using our faith. Amen. That's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing how popular Jesus is. When they find out he's around, they just want to go be with him, you know. Um, that's awesome. Um, you know, it said, I like at the end there, uh, what we read, it said, uh, when the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area and soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed they begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe and remember there's one story in with the woman of the issue of the blood that touched the, the hem of his garment uh-huh. And she was, you know, it said, the scripture says that virtue flowed out of Jesus and healed her. So this is a very, another time where people wanted to just touch his robe. Mm-hmm. It said, and all who touched him were healed. And remember his ministry went for three and a half years. So the, the, the news of just touching his clothing mm-hmm. could have spread like right. crazy. Right. And this is to me God incarnated. You know that's that's a powerful God of love that He just touches clothes and right. everything is back to, to paradise, right. kingdom come. You know where nothing missing, nothing broken. You're blessed. Praise yeah. Jesus, Amen. And to the poor, He came to give the gospel, which is a way out for the poorness. You're rich. You know, it's it's so amazing, like, throughout the, the, the Gospels, when it, it talks about Jesus, it just keeps saying, He healed them all. All who came to Him were healed. He went about preaching in the synagogues and healing all the sickness and disease. I mean, it just says all everybody got healed. It doesn't say they died. It doesn't say He turned them away. They were a sinner. No, don't come here today. You know, get rid of the sin first or whatever. It just says they all got healed. That's amazing. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. We should be able to expect all these healings. Amen. <clears throat> Jesus said, don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I am here. I am he. So, you know, <clears throat> one of the topics we're talking today is our natural instinct is to is to yearn and hook up with the Father, with our Heavenly Father. When, when when we serve serve that communication with him, we know it in our hearts, and we're lost. You know, we don't know to turn to left and to right. Um, it's very important to um, to know that he is listening, he is hearing, and um, that's why our, our 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 sponsors are so important because. When you come in, you you don't you don't have that tie. Actually, alcohol is that tie only to peace. But you've broken that communications with your God, so you're holding. But when your sponsor comes in, he comes for a temporary tie between you and your help before your heavenly Father before you get your spiritual connection, 
and, and you and you have your uh, your peace or your main connection. And I remember when I he didn't return my call in two days, and I was like panicking because I I given this guy all my trust and and uh, you know this my my sponsor in Sacramento, this little guy. And, and I see that 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 is very valuable. That we believe, we turn around and we believe and we care, as as my sponsor uh, believed in caring for me, until I was able to grow up and walk with my God. So I see that. So Jesus says, uh, only believe, take courage, don't be afraid. I am He. And that's when when people come in. To AA, they come in desperation, and they know that this is the only antidote to their desperation. Is 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 AA, which we get a, we we drink spiritual wine in the meetings. We get peace and, and learn to hook up with our heavenly Father. Okay, uh, moving over there to, to J- Jacob. Mm-hmm. I like what Jacob said. It must be true. My son Joseph is alive. I must go and see him before I die. You know, something about achieving. God says he works in wonders, mysterious, his ways to perform in mystery. And uh, like we can't see him, but we have to, we can't rely on flesh. I can't put my thrust in you I have to, or myself. I have to thrust, trust our Heavenly Father. You know, and just throw it up there like a question mark in the air. I can't see him. I have to just trust into that he's there. <laughs> but right here, but when God starts, when you write goals down and starts showing himself up in signs and wonders and material things, your faith is increased. Amen. Your thrust, your spirit is revived. Like he says right here, his spirit was revived. Yes, yes. It must be true, Joseph's alive. When Joseph sent and, and he saw the wagons and all the provisions, mm-hmm. he said his father's spirit was revived. Yeah. So, you know, my faith and spirit was revived these last couple of days because we've been writing a little uh, two-year goals of things we want and they're coming to pass you know we look at the list forget about the list and then you look at the list and say wow i wanted a coffee maker i wanted an espresso and we wrote that thing in september the 23 yeah and when did it come uh the the thing came in october the espresso machine you came about a week or a month at later the end of right? october the end of october we wrote almost the end of october Exactly, but the grinder, I wanted a coffee Actually, grinder. Actually, it was the beginning of October. When we the grinder it. came. Christmas. Two grinders came in Christmas. Christmas. And then uh, we had, I didn't write a teller, we had a writing down a teller somewhere else. And then we written down someone that just blew our minds, that we wanted, I fed up with our, my old mattress, and I wrote down, I want a king-size bed. Yeah. I want it, and I thank you, Heavenly Father, and I wrote like a little poem. You know, a little expression, expressing my thoughts to the Lord, to the Father, for a good sleep so I can be of service or whatever. And the bed came. Yeah, and you know what? If it wasn't for you saying exactly a king-size bed, I would have went to a queen bed. But you had a desire to be able to stretch your arms out. And now, I don't want to get out of the bed. (laughs) (laughs) 
In the morning, I slept. You know, when reading so many biographies, people say that God says He wants specifics. Yes. Dr. Scholl, in his book, he says, yeah. God says, wanted to know what make and color. Yeah. And uh, that's why it's so, and, but it's so important that we write little goals, big goals, two-year yeah. goals, six-month goals, five-year, and, and actually they're prayers and an explanation to God why we need the thing. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, the, the amazing thing that that is that a king-size bed is expensive. They are, they're expensive mattresses. Good ones are expensive. Um, but the way that unfolded was I had filled out that little form about the class action suits, and I always fill those out. I always just get joy in filling them out, like they're going to send me checks in the mail, you know. And uh, in this case, it was like we talked about getting a mattress from J.C. Penney the day before. And then... Like two days later, in my email was uh, an award award from the class action settlement that said that I had a gift card for five hundred and twenty five dollars, and that was like it totally just came unexpectedly because that's one of that's going to be one of the biggest checks I'm going to be getting in a class action suit. You know, it's God's way of saying, hey, here's a little down payment for your mattresses, guys. You know, and um, it just, you know, when I read it, I about like, oh, my gosh, you know, I was like stunned because we had just talked about it. And now this big chunk of change comes to get it. So I remember getting really excited. I remember in the parking lot of Panera getting your free bagel. And I just remember that we were just. I was like, oh, I have to. Because I, I have this thing about m lately, I go to my email to look for something that's coming. I'm anticipating more to come. And that's why I was even more upset. Because, it it, you know, normally they send you a check or whatever, or a gift card or whatever in the mail. But this time it came in the email, and I was like, wow, God, wow. You know, it's interesting right here that there was so much wealth Take wagons for your children. Don't worry about your personal belongings. For the best of all the land, Egypt is yours. And then he sent he sent uh, five changes of clothing and three hundred pieces of silver for Benjamin, his brother. Benjamin got favored, didn't he? I mean, these guys were like, he was like a billionaire. Joseph was like a billionaire. And he sent and it's interesting. He said ten male donkeys and ten female donkeys. Mm. You know, they both can reproduce too. He also sent his father uh, loaded with the finest products of Egypt mm. and, and uh, loaded with bread and other supplies they would need on his journey because they know they're probably going to take maybe a year a year to come back. So Joseph sent his brothers off and they left and he called. And he knows and he says, don't quarrel <laughs> along the way. Amen. I was wondering what the, why this, why did he set them up that way? Um, well, they didn't. You know, uh, why did he set them that, that way? Putting that the, the silver cup Again. in Benjamin's knapsack. What was? There's something there. <clears throat> well, silver usually means redemption in the Bible. When you read it, the meaning of it, redemption. 
Well, it was just strange that he used a, a cup for vindication, you know, tell the future. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know. I just, I just think other than uh, he needed to tell his, his, he needed to teach his son, his brothers, you know, bring some more adrenaline to their body, more fear. Mm. You know, or but he you know. wept. After he got everything out, he was emotional and he wept. It's like couldn't stand it no more. You know, right. the family. It always amazes me how how much love the uh, they they show each other. You know, you know. Usually, people in these times are very rough, <coughs> very barbaric in their relationships, and they don't show any love because the land is really harsh, and they you know their surroundings to survive, but not these. People of God, they're very, you know, he hugged all his brothers and kissed them and wept and all that. And his dad saying, you know. You know, um, one of the things that I remember always from Joseph Prince's teachings about the Benjamin generation, how he always talks about, you know, this is, we're in that generation now. um, But it says over here that. Joseph, mm-hmm. not Joseph, but Benjamin got five changes of clothes and 300 pieces of silver. So he always says that, you know, five is the number of grace. So in this time that we're in, the dispensation of grace, um, you know, the number, Benjamin had a lot of grace, a lot of favor with, with, with Joseph. Amen. You know, he had a lot, tremendous favor that he wanted to, that was his brother. (laughs) But uh, it's just, uh, that's the time for now. You know, we're in the the dispensation of grace. He got, he got, remember, because he got more. Like he, in his knapsack, I think, I thought in the the first time he got something in his knapsack too. Um, And the other Anyways, he was getting favor, Benjamin. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for your reading, Lord God. We thank you for the history and and the way God you orchestrate, Lord. We never know, Lord God, how you working, you know, in people's lives, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know, and the way you orchestrated Joseph's life, Lord. Yes, Lord. That he be stood faithful to mm, you, amen. praising you and thanking you, even to the trials, Lord God, of the of the negative side of the dungeon, Lord, of the prisons, Lord, mm. of the accusations, Lord. Oh. We thank you, Lord God, for what we go through life, Lord. And may, may we respond properly, Lord, as good Christians, Lord, and what you taught us, Lord. Thank you for being merciful and kind, Lord, and carrying us in your arms. Thank you, Jesus Christ, that we can we can sit on your shoulders and you carry us through everything, every difficult, Lord. And we thank you that you have won the battle with Satan and you have won it and you have given us victory and the spoils, Lord. We pick up the spoils, Lord, and we thank you for the silver and the gold and we bless it, Lord. We bless our, our tides. We command the ties to Lord to to multiply at a thousand times, Lord. Mm-hmm. We pray for them that be they be blessed a thousand times. What we give to your church, Lord God. The reason we want them blessed a thousand, we command it to be blessed, Lord. 
every penny to multiply a thousand times, Lord. Lord, we, we, the reason we do that is so that we have more to give according to your word, Lord God. And that we have more to give and more to survive on and to be influential and to publish your works, Lord. We want to publish a book, Lord. <clears throat> we want resources, Lord, to do that and to stay healthy. And thank you that you supply all our needs according to your riches amen. in glory by Christ Jesus. Yes, we say yes and amen to our inheritance. And we receive it, Lord. We glad we say yes, and we receive it, and we believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I, before you stop, I, there's one more thing that I like to bring up um, mm-hmm. that I underlined. Um, when Joseph finally um, revealed to them, um, you know, I'm Joseph. You know, he he told that to his brothers, and he started asking, "Is my father alive?" and you sold me into slavery and all that, but he said, don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. And then he goes on to say, this famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So uh, he reiterates, so uh, it was God who sent me here, not you. And he's the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his... I mean, he just totally gives all the glory, all the credit, you know, so that the brothers wouldn't... It's kind of like, I think that silver cup did mean redemption for his brothers. Because, you know... Here they did this really bad thing thinking it was them who did it. But he's, God is the one who said orchestrated the whole event. You know, that this would take place. It was ordained that he would go through these things to get to the place of being the, the governor of Egypt. And to, to help the famine in the land and to keep people surviving. It's an amazing story. I mean, when you read that, it's just, it's just you know, sometimes... In your own trial, you don't see that God is the one preparing the way for something better, but you don't see it at the moment. And you feel bad about something, but you don't know. Exactly. That's beautiful. I really enjoy that saying, give thanks for the alcohol and the trials because they face you in the right direction and you finally have responded properly. The education of of the trials and the alcohol has been waiting for you to, to it's actually been mercy from God. Mm-hmm. From hell or from some deeper stuff, face mm-hmm. you in the right direction. You know, wife divorced you, praise God. You lost your kids, thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, you're facing the right direction now. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll have life now. You have a have a chance for them to have life. To come and and the water's fine in Christ Jesus. When we say, Amen. Beautiful. Amen. I like that. Yeah. So what did it say? Two things, right? Don't feel bad about yourself, or don't, don't be, be angry. Don't be angry. You with didn't yourself. do this to me. That's a good word, because yeah. we I was angry to myself. I was angry for my actions. I was mm-hmm. angry that I lost so many opportunities, so many jobs. I was mm-hmm. angry that alcohol. I made the wrong choices, and I left my kids early. You know, I was angry with myself. I hated myself mm-hmm. for a long time, and you know. So. Thank you, Father, for the anger, yeah. in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you for my destiny. Because without those actions, how would you be where you are today? Helping people daily overcome. 
overcome. Overcome. Amen. We are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. Thank Amen. you, Father. Bless the Lord, all yeah. my soul. And being blessed in the process. And all that is within me. I forget none of your benefits. Thank you, Lord, for all the benefits and blessings we get. Coffee grinders and, 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 and coffee machines. Television. Not one of those coffee machines over there was purchased. And most of them were all brand new. Huh? Yeah, they were. New. And a new and a TV. Right. And couches. New. These things we didn't pay for. And, and a car. How about the car? Oh, the car was awesome. Awesome. The way the car showed up. Amen. We're blessed, Sally. And there's more to come. Praise more to God, come. Lord. More bring, to come. Bring you got to keep doing the wagons, work. Lord. Bring those ten mules and this ten and the other ten mules full you know, of Lord's stuff. I believe that as as we go about being about the Father's business, the Father's going to be about our business. Amen. Amen. He yeah. will bless what we bless. We ask yeah. Him to bless our. Our tithe and offerings, mm -hmm. our offerings in Jesus' name. Yeah, we got one little young congregation coming here on Saturday mornings. <laughs> <laughs>